are listening to The Depression Session at 99.1 FM Downtown Radio. Each week, we'll have a new guest tell the story of their depression. I'm your host, Laura Milkins, and thank you for joining us on The Depression Session. Just a note for my listeners, I want to make sure you understand that this is a show about depression, and some of the content can be triggering, so please take care of yourself if something on the show brings up difficult feelings, and seek professional help if you need it. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to the Depression Session on Downtown Radio. Today we have with us in the studio Adam. He's a war veteran in the Marine Corps and is the founder of Huts for Vets, an organization working to provide assistance with reentry to the community for veterans returning from war. We'll be right back with Adam, but first I'd like to talk about acceptance. The guest house. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently weep, sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes, because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Rumi, a translation by Coleman Banks Barks. So this is a poem that I've heard a number of times, and I find it very beautiful and very true. This is something I'm trying to do with this show, is give that that lean in, that, that allowing for depression, for small-mindedness, for the parts of myself that I don't admire and to love those parts of me anyway and to invite them in and make them part of my experience instead of shunning them and trying to be perfect. And a couple of weeks ago, I was having a little difficulty with the just the number of people who need me, the number of people who count on me, and who need my assistance for one thing or another. Everything from friends, to my mom, to my boyfriend, to my students and colleagues. I just felt stretched really thin. I felt that there were so many people who needed something from me that I'd been drained completely. I had nothing left to give. I just felt empty and pulled in so many different directions. And I broke down and talked to my mom about it and talked to my boyfriend about it. And they've had similar responses of, is it me? (laughs) And of course, no, it's not them. It's me. You can't be pulled in a hundred different directions unless you allow yourself to be. Feeling that I have to do everything right all the time is probably my biggest stumbling block in life. My goal seems to be perfection when there is no such thing as perfection. There's no perfection. There's no getting to a point where you're doing everything really great. So I felt like everybody needed me. Everybody needed something from me. I'd made myself indispensable in some way in a lot of different arenas in my life. And in doing so, I put myself in a position of feeling like I was failing at everything that I wasn't doing a good job at my job and I wasn't being a good daughter and I wasn't being a good girlfriend 
and I wasn't being a good friend. But that's a choice. And so after I, you know, there's something about just telling how you're feeling, just telling some people, hey, I'm, I'm doing lousy and like being open about it that clears the way to really seeing your life from a new perspective. It's like by letting people in, you get to see things from another perspective. You step out of yourself. In that moment, you're miserable and, or I was miserable, I guess you should make it personal. I felt miserable in that moment and just incapable and not reaching the mark on anything. And by telling somebody else, by telling more than one somebody else, my perspective shifted. And I could see from the outside that it's crazy to expect yourself to be able to do everything and do it well. It's, it's, there's no way. We're flawed beings. We didn't come here to be perfect. We didn't come here to do everything right. We came here to learn some lessons. And I think part of that lesson is acceptance and love. Love for yourself, love for your friends, love for your family, love for your community, love for the people around you, love for the things in the air and the wind and the plants and getting mystical now. But I really think we're here to love and accept. And life throws us one hard thing after another to make that lesson clear, I guess. And so I took a step back and I thought, I have all these responsibilities and I've taken them on and I have all these expectations and they're mine. They're my expectations. There are other people who expect things of me, but only because I set it up that way, because I put myself in a position of, you know, being, being needed, being, there's something gratifying and ego boosting about being indispensable, right? There's something about putting yourself in a position where everybody needs you, then you can feel purpose. And it fills that hole that I, I think depression is part of that hole. And so I took a step outside of it. And I said, I have too many things to do and there's too little of me to go around. And this is a lesson I've learned before, but I need to ask for help and I need to slow down and I need to get a little grip and a sense of humor and, you know, realize that the world will not fall apart if Laura Milkins does not do a fantastic job at everything and maybe do an okay job at a couple of things and that there is more work than I feel like I can do in a week, in a day. And I just do it anyway and accept that, yeah, I just have tons to do, but I love my work. I love all the things I'm doing. And so I didn't edit my audio for poor Scott, who came on last week, was wonderful. And I haven't edited it yet. I just just couldn't get to it. And I'm going to do it. You know, it's it'll be all right. No one will fall apart. The world will not stop. It will not end because I didn't do everything right this week or last week the week before. And I said, no, I've been saying no to people who I like to say yes to. I've been saying no to people who I value their opinion, and I want them to think well of me. 
And sometimes it's just really hard to say, I can't do that. I'm not up for it. I'm going to let you down. And it, it's, it's, it does hurt friendships and relationships when you do that. People get hurt because they've, you've, you've, you've been reliable and they can count on you. And then you're not reliable and they can't count on you. So I let go of a bunch of things. And I focused in on like the people that matter to me and trying to make some time to spend some time with my mom before she went home and to love her and be with her and not try to go to the gym in the morning. Just let that go. Not to tell her to take a walk after work. Just let that go. I did finish painting her car because I've been working on that and I wanted to finish it so that she could see it before she went home. And so you know, and then make some time for Dan. And he kept asking me every week. So what you got going on this weekend? What do you have going on on Saturday? What does Sunday look like? And I'd tell him the 14 things I had to get done. And he'd look crestfallen and say, Oh, okay. I said, Well, you maybe we can do dinner or this or that. And we'd spend a little time together. And finally, he said, you don't seem to have any time in your schedule for me, or for us, or for our relationship. And I said, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm trying. He said, I always ask you what you're up to and you're always busy. And finally I said, don't ask me what I'm up to. Tell me you want to spend time with me and I'll make time. You're important. I'll make time for you. And so he did. He said, you know, I'd like to spend some time with you. And I said, okay. He said, but you have all these things to do. And I said, I know. They can be done less perfectly. They can... You know, I'll just work more hours on another day. I'll work it out. That's not your problem. That's my problem to arrange my schedule so that I can spend time with you and spend time with my mom and get the things done I need to do. And it's weird in making that decision to just let go a little bit and to not take things so seriously. It's like a cloud lifted. It's like some... Something inside me shifted that had been holding me down or holding me back. And I have another poem that um, there's an Umberto Eco book. And I, I've, I've never really gotten through totally reading it because it's a dense book, but it's The Mysterious Flame of Queen Leona. And it's about having a stroke and coming out of a stroke. In the very first page, there's a little quote of a poem about the fog by George's Rodenbach. So I'm just going to read the whole poem because it's stuck in my mind since I read that first page. The indolent mist of autumn has dispersed. It hovers between the towers like incense full of dreams that will linger in the naves after the most solemn mass, and it sleeps like cloth spread on the dejected gray ramparts. It comes unfolded, then folds back on itself like a wing, an imperceptible motion, yet incessant in the fog. All is shaded to a blur and turns slightly divine. As beneath the pallid brushing, all is vague and lost in dreams. All is a shade of gray, cloaked in the color of fog, the sky with its ancient pinions, the water and the poplars old friends reconciled so easily with the haze of the past autumn, like all things that will soon be nothing but the faintest memory. The vicious mist against the pale depth of air has diluted even the accustomed towers, 
whose gray thoughts are now gone forever, like some vague dream or geometry of vapor. Ah, so I feel that fog, that gray. For me, depression feels like a blanket of gray over everything. And it makes it hard to step back and look at things. It makes it hard to get that perspective. So the best thing that I've found is to open up, tell all you, tell my friends, talk to somebody, tell them when I'm struggling, tell people when I'm having a hard time, open up, share a little bit, and the fog lifts. So this week, the night before my mom left for Phoenix, she'd packed up all her stuff and We'd been trying to find time together. She'd been here for four months and all through like me trying to do too many things, being kind of crappy, trying to share a car to get different places and really being very patient about so many things. I just walked into her room and peered in and smiled and I said, you know, mom, you're really, really great. You are actually all the things that are promoted by AA. You are the things in that serenity poem. God grant me the serenity except the things I cannot change. I said, that's you. The courage to change the things I can. That's you. And the wisdom to know the difference. So I thank my mom for a wonderful visit. I send her home with much love. And I hope that all of you find someone to open up to and tell about your struggles and that your fog lifts just a little bit. Support for Downtown Radio is provided by La Cocina Restaurant and Cantina located at Old Town Artisans. La Cocina features globally inspired alfresco dining and eclectic wine, local beer, and creative cocktails with live music as well as indoor and outdoor seating in a botanical courtyard. La Cocina is a venue for any occasion. Located at 201 West Court Ave next to the Tucson Museum of Art. More information at lacocinatucson.com. The Screening Room is a proud sponsor of Downtown Radio. The Screening Room, which now serves beer and wine. For more information, visit screeningroomtucson.com. Find them on Facebook or call 882-0204. So we have Adam with us in the studio today, and he's a veteran, and he's going to talk about his depression. But first, welcome to the depression session. Thank you very much. What's Uh, new with you? What's going on? Well... It's still in collaboration. I really want to put a plug out for Huts for Vets. You can find them at hutsforvets.org. They're 501c3 nonprofit based out of Aspen, Colorado. So if you are a veteran or if you know of any veterans, this is an absolutely free resource to you. You can just get on, fill out an application, call them. Uh, hutsforvets.org is the website. And we're going to fly you out from anywhere in the country, bring you out to Aspen, Colorado, you Colorado and take you out in the back country for four days. Go over skills in cognitive behavioral therapy, mindfulness, meditation, trauma-releasing exercises. Essentially, it's a really incredible and unique way to experience the Rocky Mountains and learn a variety of skill sets to better manage 
our, our temper, our, our perspective, our nervous system kind of better help regulate uh, us and our perspective and how we show up in the world. So please, if you get a chance to visit that website, share it with veterans, fill out an application, take advantage of that free resource. Excellent. And that's a personal interest of yours. <laughs> yes, it is. It most certainly is. Yeah. So yeah. It, are you one of the founders of the organization? I am. Yeah, yeah. 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 What made you decide to do it? Uh, my own transition from combat to community and really what I know it takes to live and be well. And in that transition, there's a variety of skill sets that are really necessary to succeed in homecoming, successfully navigate a lot of the obstacles that a lot of veterans find themselves in. So, you know, what we've learned from the previous waves of veterans coming back, we're really trying to apply and offer that and pay that forward. And like do a good job with this round. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you. Most certainly. So tell us the story of your depression. You know, in a really general way, yeah, I have scraped my knees more times than I can count. And each time it's felt like life or death in many ways and in many ways it was and we get faced with a lot of difficult decisions when we're down in the depths in the darkness how bad do we want are we willing to climb out and i think willing is a really key word and i often times don't think we are necessarily always equipped with the tools to do it all by ourselves uh, when we're in those dark deep places those are those breaking points that help us to become a little bit more malleable that say okay maybe I don't have it figured out what I was doing got me here on on some level my best thinking my best attempts and here I am and there's nothing wrong with that I think that you know these are often you know my they're they're, they're mile markers they're they're they're, they're checking points and all, and growing pains I can often say I can say it until this point up until now I've always bounced back higher to as far as I've fallen the almost the bounce back the momentum I've gained from hitting so hard has propelled me twice as high there's been great learning lessons in it not easy ones uh, but great ones and I think you know for me when I'm in those dark times I gotta surround myself by other people who I can feel safe with, who can be stronger than I can at that time. Not that there, there won't be a time where they won't lean on me and I may need to be strong for them, but that I don't and can't always be the strongest. There has to be a time when I let my guard down and lean into other people and let them nurture and love me back to who I am, who we all are. And I think that's complete and full and love and and potential it's it's pure being and we forget that and oftentimes the universe offers us what it takes to get our attention to be able to crack the old mold and have some faith in pouring a new one because it is it's it's even though things may be uncomfortable they're familiar oftentimes and the idea of saying well if i'm going to let go of these beliefs and these values and these habits and these thinking patterns for what i don't know what that looks like yet this is all i know and so it's often not until that the pain of staying who we are is 
great enough that we're willing to do something different. Um, that's been my case over and over again. And I'm more gentle with myself today than I was because I'm seeing the cycle. I'm looking over the history and I'm seeing reference points and you know, I'm getting better. I'm shortening the duration of things. I'm, I'm shortening the, the impact. And again, I'm being more gentle with myself and that unfortunately or for, fortunately, this is how I learn. Uh, I have to scrape my knees. I, I, I get so hard on myself. And... It, and it's part of the, the I don't know, the, the boiling process, you know, mm. of, of boiling out all the contaminants, the things I'm not, so I can realize who I really am. Yeah, that's a really beautiful image of like boiling out the, everything that isn't you. Right. And getting to a pure and pure you, like that's, those are those heights. And I think that's what life is, this process of discovering and uncovering who we are uh, and discarding who we're not. And if you would have asked me 10 years ago who I was, you would have gotten a different answer than you would now. Not that it wasn't authentic then, uh, but you know, I've, I've outgrown that purpose and I can discard those pieces of myself, that, those layers of, of armor. Would you be willing to tell a little bit of your story, like where you, where you went through things, like how you ended up where you were in those steps? Yeah, um, I was uh, with the active duty Marine Corps and uh, served, served some tours overseas. And I was an aggressive young man. I was an idealist. I was a lot of different things. I, I had s strong beliefs and values of what it meant to do right, to uh, what was right and what was wrong, what was just, you know, this idea of it's always the right time to do the right thing and what is the right thing. And I built this, I invested my life behind what I thought was right. In hindsight can be twenty twenty, And, you know, we, we do the best we can with the information we have at the time. And, you know, years later, experiences later, after poking and prodding and, and pulling apart at what I thought were truths and seeing that they didn't necessarily stack up under the light the way I thought they would, left a lot of holes, a lot of questions, and a lot of learned and conditioned behaviors that certainly just increased the likelihood of conflict, of confrontation, of, of just a lot. It was just a lot. And it all got to be too much for me. And I didn't have any good examples really at that time of what it looked like to surrender in some senses and say, I don't have it figured out. I need help. Uh, and that that's a really strong, wise and aware, conscious thing to do. To do a self-assessment and say, huh, you know, I may be doing well in these areas, but there's room for improvement in these. And as a good steward of my consciousness of my body, I'm gonna lean, I'm gonna I'm gonna look to improve in, in these areas. And there's and so I think that's all these things are is, is looking to, you know, if I wanna become a better dancer, I'm gonna find the best I can. I'm, 
the best professional dancer I can to teach me or, or whatever that skill that is. And I really do think it's skills uh, we can, that we can cultivate and that we can learn, that we can share with each other on how to better manage ourselves, our, our internal dialogue with ourselves, how to better manage our, our physical bodies, how we can start to learn to rest wiser, regulating and managing who we are, our, our systems, and there's many of them, and all of them have very different needs, and uh, the more sensitive, the more aware, the more conscious we grow, the more experts we seek out and, and learn knowledge bases from them so we can better fine-tune ourselves, you know, the more equipped we are to carry ourselves through life and learn the next lesson. Yeah, and I think it's the thing that really strikes me in your story is this sort of military male construction that, that so many young men do. Certainly. They build this whole persona around, around an ideal. Right. You know, and letting that go has to be incredibly yeah. painful. Yeah, I mean, really. But it is, it's just an idea. I think, you know, we've been sold a lot of things on public TV, and what a real man is, is one of them. This, you know, John Wayne Rambo is just half of the story. I've had examples in my life of half the story of men that were so strong, but they weren't strong enough to be vulnerable. They weren't strong enough to be tender and loving when other people needed. They just didn't have that available to them. They just didn't know how. But in my view today, my perspective today is, you know, we need to be strong enough to be vulnerable, be strong enough to say, I don't know. You know, it's a, it's a different, you know, a well-rounded man. Well-rounded human beings. Yeah, that's a really strong image of, like, the half a man that we're, you're being sold. <laughs> this, well, this is the half we're selling you. The other part, sorry. It's right, not available. Right, right. <laughs> and it is, I, I think I relate very much to having to learn to be vulnerable. That's that's something I still right. struggle with. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. I prefer to. I'm a teacher, right? I prefer to be an expert. Yeah, right. Have the answers. Yeah. And do everything myself. Right. And so depression has like knocked that out of me. Yeah, yeah. And the crazy thing, the more people I say, you know, I'm I'm kind of struggling. They say, Oh, I went through that last year. Right. And it's not who I thought it would be. Right. right. I'm like yeah. you. And, and I think too? that's what it takes is for you know us to be brave enough to share some of ourselves and really start to normalize the conversation because it is happening. It be you know I think we'd all be amazed with even a ten mile radius of where we are right now. How many discussions? How many different families are struggling or family members are struggling uh, in our own community and. Uh, we don't feel like we have the right networks to talk about it. And I think that really lends itself to the dysfunction. You know, if we look at, at Aboriginal tribes, often built into their system, the men are doing hunting together, the women are doing wash and, and, and cooking together. There's community built in and, and where they can process amongst each other, amongst a qualified group, what's going on. And oftentimes, we just don't have that. We don't have groups to process. We don't normalize conversation. And all of a sudden, we become the only ones. You know, if you're anything like me, we can 
although it's untrue, it's easy to start to think there's a special place in hell for people like us. We can just put the fire on ourselves so, so much, and it's just untrue. And we need other people to say, look, that's not, you're not being fair to yourself. Because I don't always have that, that good rear view mirror. Or, uh, there's blinders in what I can see. And so, you know, teamwork really does make the dream work. Yeah. And it'd be really nice if, and this is kind of my mission, if we had some way in the media of telling the other half of what man is. Right. Not just right. man, but mankind. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not just half a, half a person that's the good side, the strong side that everybody wants to see. Right, right. You know, I think the doc really spoke to it and that it's attraction and not promotion. I, I think it's all of us being examples because really I think that's what we're all waiting for is examples and permission on how to do it. We just don't know how. And so we're waiting for people to show us and give us permission that uh, it's okay to have these conversations. It's okay to let your guard down. It's okay not to, you know, be strong today. Yeah. And that every day can't be our best day. Best is going to change. My best yesterday, what that looked like, is going to look different than what my best is today. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show so mm -hmm. much and for coming today and participating. I Most really certainly. appreciate your Oh, story. thank you very much. Thank you for doing yeah. this and for having us. I appreciate it. I want to mention again that if you found some of the content of today's episode triggering, please seek professional help and call 911 if you feel like hurting yourself or others. I'm not a licensed therapist, and this show and the station are not endorsing any remedies or products. The purpose of this show is to destigmatize depression through storytelling. You can find a link to mental health services on downtownradio.org on the About KTDT page. To listen to the podcast, or if you're interested in being on the show, contact us at www.thedepressionsession.com. You've been listening to The Depression Session on Downtown Radio Tucson with music by Septa Helix. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Depression Session Podcast. Thank you.